welcome back to episode two of the Pods Pod. I'm Holly and I'm here with Shalom again today. Hi everyone. And we're also here with our very own director of physiotherapy here at MSPPC, um, who's had amazing experience in treating. He started off in um, sunny Queensland, then even has had some experience internationally. And now he finds himself here with us in Melbourne. So please welcome Cam. Hello everyone. Thank you for having me. Nice to be here. Of course. Now, today we'll be picking Cam's brain about how he got to where he is now, um, and we'll be having a discussion on his treatment style and his thought processes behind treatment as well. Certainly will, and I'll also dig a bit deeper into Cam himself to see what we can get out of him. Yeah, so Cam, start us off by just telling us a bit about yourself, your background. You grew up in Townsville, didn't you? Yeah, so I grew up in Townsville. I went to school up there, and then I studied at JCU in Townsville. Studied Bachelor of Physio, graduated in 2016, and then I moved to the lovely Early Beach where I worked with one of my best mates for a very long time. Uh, it was a fantastic couple of years down there, and then me and my partner decided to move to England for a couple of years, have some time over there in the snow and the cold, and we've most recently come back to sunny and cold, no, yeah. funnily enough, um, amidst all the lockdown. So here we are. Perfect. Um, going back, what kind mm. of made you interested in physio and what made you get into it? That's a good question. I think everyone's answer is, oh, you want to help people. But my answer, I guess, for me was I, uh, again, not the helping people part, but I enjoyed and I spent a lot of time as a kid in a physio for varying injuries and ailments. I played some sport when I grew up. And I found that just what they did was quite cool. You could take someone from an inability to run, for example, in my case, to, you know, taking me to run and be back to playing sport and stuff. So I really enjoyed the process of taking someone from when they come to you with a problem and then you're able to help them through that problem and rehab them to, to get out of it. So I guess for me it was seeing that process, mm-hmm. um, which I guess you could boil down to helping people, if you like. The yeah. cliche version, I guess we all get into help. So basically form. you're a cliche, but you've just jazzed it up. Yeah, you? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds very that way. No, but, it definitely no. does. It's, sure. um, it's interesting because sitting in with some of your consults, it definitely seems like you enjoy following that process of treatment or the, the mm. whole kind of backstory of people as well like some people are very clinical and they kind of get to the point of mm. you've got this you've got this but sitting with you cam i've definitely noticed so it's interesting that you say that's what kind of got you involved yeah, yeah. No, and a bit of personal experience as well i think i had a good physio up in towns will take me through that and yeah, yeah i guess yeah i hope that's reflective that's yeah. good that if you see it yeah, yeah. yeah. i must be it. doing it yeah Um, So take us back. You Mm. first started in Early Beach, you said. Mm. Um, What was it like first stepping into the workforce professionally? Oh, it was terrifying. I think Mm -hmm. um, in our our first consult of physio school, when you get out and you think your first patient's going to be something exciting, mine was a finger. Um, I had to treat a lady who had a broken finger and I thought, how on earth do I do this? So (laughs) I, I think we were well supported. I worked with a good friend of mine who I think his first patient was a big toe. So of all the things oh, as a physio you want to see, they're not the ones you want to see. So I guess we, um, yeah, I guess we were well supported up in Ely Beach. Had a good boss and a good good crew up there. And Ely Beach is a beautiful spot. You folks being up there. Yeah, I presume. Gorgeous. How far from Townsville is it? So it's three hours south on the car. Two and a half of you driving fast, but um, <laughs> um, but yeah, about three hours. Kind of sounds more like a holiday after doing four or so years of uni to me, Holly, than first job. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah. smart. Yeah, yeah, we moved down there. No, it's, it was a nice spot. It was a good good learning as well. Really good, good clinic as well. Cool. And then the next workplace you entered was on the other side of the world. Yeah. Tell to, us about that. What England. made you? Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, sorry, interrupt. That was rude. It's alright. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. So <laughs> happy, passionate. So yeah, happy yeah. to tell my story. He's eager. I'm eager. Yeah. Um. So I guess my partner and I, we sort of said we had two options: we either move to Melbourne or we move to England, and we said. Let's go big. Mm-hmm. So we went to England, uh, worked in London for a couple of years for a big private clinic near St. Paul's, if anyone knows roughly where that is, um, in mm-hmm. London. So worked in a really big team with lots of really high-profile people as well, which was really cool. So definitely a total 180 of what I saw, and it taught me a lot, taught me lots and lots and lots. So, And here I am back in Middle Melbourne. Comparing, um, obviously now you've seen a few different regions. I mean, even... Different states in Australia have different kind of treatment pathways or processes. What do you think the biggest difference has been from treatment, the treatment perspective from overseas to Australia in general? I think from where I was, I was very lucky to be in a private paying, like private sector job. Yeah. It wasn't with the NHS, it was a private sector job. And they had a lot of focus on the plan plan of a patient that I hadn't really been introduced to from the Queensland way uh, or where I was in Queensland so literally that first session you saw a patient it was a lot of planning out what the next say eight weeks is going to look like before again previously you would try in a consult to do your assessment your treatment you do some math you do so many things in a treatment consult whereas now from the experience I had overseas is they, they emphasize the plan and setting a patient up to, I guess, sort of frame kind of what's mm. to come, if you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were, they were a bit more hands-off. It wasn't a, an advocated thing, but it was just something that they used exercise a lot more. And our space was set up to offer exercise a lot more as opposed to some more of those, those hands-on sort of treatments. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully, I mean, that's when we first hired you, Cam, I, I I think I said to you that's the approach that we like um, at MSPPC, the physio's hands-off approach, the education, the, the planning, yeah. and kind of that transition for us with the with Oakley, Q and Preston, having this sort of space here mm. kind of allows us to continue down that pathway because I think, as you're alluding to, that treatment-wise, well, but also evidence-based-wise, we know that's a better treatment. Mm. And it's just trying to re-educate and re-kind of, get people in that right mindset with treatment which is it's an interesting one yeah it is and i mean i haven't had many experiences elsewhere in melbourne mm-hmm. but you get this vibe of there was a bit more hands-on down mm-hmm. here which again is a little bit uh what do you call it a little bit it's almost addictive for the patient to go yeah. back to the physio and become mm-hmm. dependent upon that service which is it's a tough conversation to have with patients when you sort of move away from that and you take mm-hmm. a more exercise approach which again we know the evidence is behind but obviously it's one thing doing great evidence but it's the other thing making it work with a patient sitting in front of you so um trying to find that sort of balance is sometimes tricky was it the same in queensland as well it was a little bit but i mean i was early out so i mean yeah it was kind of again it's all practice dependent but it was just sort of you had that that's you had a list of things you had to do on that first console there was a list that you had to do and a patient expected that mm-hmm. whereas i think overseas there was sort of an expectation to just nail the the plan first your subjective first and then sort of get into it which i've sort of taken on here a little bit more but it's matching expectation obviously oh, yeah. of the patient as well which is always challenging as well with mm-hmm. um this is a bit of a deep question but what do you think the reason is in terms of somewhere like melbourne i, I agree i think and I've got my reasonings of why I think a lot of clinics do their treatments in certain ways. But what do you think mm-hmm. is the reason? Do you think it's the practitioner 
practitioner's education of it or is it the as you said the patient's expectation my question does that come from the practitioner like why do you think there's so much hands-on treatment when we know it's not it's all evidence-based yeah i think partly i used to think it was because of an education thing i think we just weren't trained in the evidence but i also think it's a confidence of our service like again we may not feel that if we don't so, for example, do some massage or some mobilization to someone, they don't feel like our service is valuable. Whereas, mm. you know, when you start, like, again, through COVID last year, we treated people on telehealth. Mm. Telehealth, you can't touch anyone. And you see that someone, again, you've got to rehab someone on the other side of the phone, you can't touch them. And you think, well, if I've got all these passive tools that I can't use, how on earth do I do that? Yeah. And you actually figure out that your words are much more powerful than, I guess, we, we think, and they become much more powerful when that's all you've got. And then you yeah. start to get good at that. So I think partly it's a confidence thing um, we do, and maybe a bit of value in the service we give as well mm-hmm. as clinicians. And again, I can't speak for everyone, but nah. I guess for me that was sort of a, a reason why in my early years I always felt that I had to put the hands on to someone because I just didn't feel like I was giving them what they wanted, yeah. if you like, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to it not being the right thing to do. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. I was um, actually this week, it's funny that I was reading a, a funny quote about some people say, oh, physio, I've tried physiotherapy, it didn't work for me. And I was reading a, a quote on it going, and it was interesting because I, I agree with it, that physiotherapy isn't a person, it's a profession. And so to, to kind of pull people into physiotherapy didn't work for me, mm. it's a very interesting mindset that kind of made me think, well, hang on, what experience did that patient have? And what was it that didn't, them, didn't allow them to get results or made them kind of think like that? So it's interesting. Mm. Mm, very. Um, Anyway, ultimately, mm. you've landed yourself here with us. What was that transition like? It was interesting, I'll be fair. I didn't plan on, me and my partner, we didn't really plan on coming to Melbourne. We originally were going to go back to England, but the powers that be kind of made international travel COVID. a bit tricky, yeah, <laughs> um, which was okay. And again, we thought we'd come to sunny Melbourne, and I guess hence we've been here. But I mean, the transition, obviously, the normal stuff, hotel quarantine, all of that, fluff and then again i'm from townsville so we went back up to townsville for christmas which was really lovely saw the family again for the first time in a few years which was really nice but then we figured that you know we probably need to get on with life can't live in for us we couldn't stay up there for an extended period we had to get out and about so mm-hmm. we we come down and yeah we settled well been here about five or six months yeah so far really enjoying it good mm. um and tell us a bit about your role here with us and how you found stepping into that role yeah i mean and i think chillon would is when I moved into this role, it wasn't so much I didn't come to the business for this role. I guess it sort of evolved once I was there, but I found as the director of physiotherapy, I've started to be able to firstly mentor some of the physios in our practice, which has been... And, and all the staff. And, you know, to be fair, I guess we've all, we're all learning. And again, I'm not saying that I, I've learned a lot of things off Chilom and even Holly, again, Holly's not a therapist, but again, I, I learn things. You're learning things all the time off people, so I think that's a, that's a nice skill. But um, yeah, helping to, to sort of mentor and grow the clinic as well, but also starting to get out and make some connections with other people, having you know, speaking with doctors and a few other people to try and sort of broaden our stroke um, for the MSPBC and obviously preach the good work that we do. Mm. I sound like a Bible group. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, but to kind of tell people of, of the good stuff that we do and, you know, I think, and mm. help to do that as well. So I think that's been the primary sort of stuff I've been involved in at the moment. So definitely, it's a funny one, Hulk, because as Cam was alluding to, then he wasn't hired as the director of physiotherapy. But my mindset's always been on um, kind of empowering the person, 
mm-hmm. or seeing the opportunity in a person. And I think after a few days of even talking to Cam, I saw that that kind of opportunity with Cam to kind of grow mm-hmm. outside of what he was comfortable with was there. Um, and I know at the start, Cam was a bit umming and ahhing about it, but in the last four or so months, he's been fantastic. So mm-hmm. I, I, hopefully, too, the patients that come in and maybe even listen to this can see the depth of care that Cam gives. 100%, yeah. yeah. I mean, anyone that works with you can see it. And we're kind of talking before about complacency and how it's not yeah. something that either of us particularly like. And yeah. I think, I don't know, a role like this is perfect for you and yeah. very big asset to the business. Yeah, so. definitely. I appreciate that, yeah. Um, do you think, because you're, Shalom and I have joked about it, but you haven't once picked up the table tennis bat because you're such a hard worker. You're always chipping away. Yeah. Do you think that, um, your role impacts your work ethic at all? Or have you always kind of had it? No, I don't think it does. I think my attitude towards work is, again, it's probably a bit, it's, it's probably, it's everyone's a bit different, but I'm a go to work at eight o'clock, you're at work, you're doing your work stuff, you go home at four or five and then you're at home. That's kind of in my, and I guess I've run into problems throughout my life when those lines have blurred. And I guess COVID last year taught us one thing. You know, I unfortunately didn't work from home, but my partner did. And if you didn't cut those lines off, you started to be checking emails at eight o'clock at night and you just think, what's my life? So I guess for me, that was just reinforcing my ethic. But even prior to that, no, I don't think so. I, I think I've just been. You know, you do your work while you're at work, you work really hard and then you put it to bed and you go home and you have a fun, go grab a beer or something like that. Especially as a, a practitioner, it's a good point. And I've even talked to Reese and Cam, the director of podiatry and physio, about when you're in a leadership role, how sometimes lonely or isolating it can be mm-hmm. and to be able to switch off and kind of disengage, mm-hmm. especially in roles that, that you're in, Cam. Mm-hmm. As you said, you can kind of blur that line at the end of the day where you know that there's probably going to be 10 emails sitting in your email at 8 p.m. at night that you could action and in your idea, oh, I should do that. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting because same with, with all practitioners. It doesn't matter if they're in management or not, but when you're seeing patients especially that are in pain, mm-hmm. you absorb a lot of that as well. Mm-hmm. So there's that mm-hmm. aspect to it that you need to be able to switch off um, either at, at home or at whatever stage. So mm-hmm. I think just to add to that, uh, like again, not just physio, but podiatry, and even being in a, a forward-facing role as admin, there's those demands of the job. There's like a physical demand you're actually on your feet, yeah. or you're demonstrating something, or you're answering phones, you're doing work, and then I, I guess you've got that mental space. Like it's it's exhausting hearing mm. something like that, or but then there's obviously an emotional side because you have to be empathetic, and if someone's again on the phone and not happy, you've got to really feel for them. So yeah. I mean, it's it saps you in different ways, I guess, our work, and I think you definitely need to be able to block some time off to then recharge the batteries of the definitely. evening and then come back refreshed in the morning yeah. as best you can. We might end up doing another podcast about that, getting different perspectives of how people mm. or practitioners can deal with the kind of being the magnitude of the pull. Because as Cam mm-hmm. said, director role, dealing with people, dealing with staff, then you're dealing with someone with eight out of ten pain and then you're dealing yeah. suddenly with a, a little kid that comes in that you're trying to kind of control their energy but treat them yeah. at the same time. But, yeah, we might, we might follow up on that one. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Well, point. you heard it here first. Listen out for that episode. Yeah, no, <laughs> Shalom, was there anything else you wanted to kind of pick Cam's brain on? Um, a- what about outside of work, Cam? Mm-hmm. So, obviously, we, we know a bit about you from this inside of work, your values, why you treat, how you treat, but outside of work, what do you enjoy? Yeah, so I love eating. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I love trying all the, the nice little spots in Melbourne has to offer. So if I'm not sort of 
trading I'm normally eating at arms. Intentional. <laughs> um, but again, I, outside I exercise a lot. I, I run, training for a marathon. Uh, I go to the gym a couple of times a week, so I'm exercising. But then I also fancy myself as a bit of a golfer as well. I've just got oh. just just got back into it, and I think it's yet to be tested. There's there's room to improve. Let's just say that. But I think golf's a very humbling sport, and I'm realizing that at the moment. But um, <laughs> again, I'm normally out there. But yeah, I, I guess trying to be and this sounds horrible, but trying to be no, it's not horrible. Trying to be as far away from what I do from mm. Monday to Friday as you can. Mm. Uh, oh, to be great. honest, um, find that it, balance. Yeah, I think that's it. You've got to have balance. Ken's um, part of the 5 a.m. club as well. Yeah, up early, get it done. Beat the morning, beat the day. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> and in terms of expectation of a patient, if they're listening in on this, mm-hmm. what should they expect when they come to see you for that first consult and kind of their treatment plan yeah. or journey? I think for for any patient listening, is, is whatever the problem is or whatever the reasoning is, is I want to create an environment when you come in to feel like you can express that. And I guess I spend a bit more time in that initial consult with people, talking to people, um, and just sort of getting the the crux of the problem down because I think that's sort of where I go from there. And then from that initial consult, I'd expect that you'd walk away or we'd help devise a plan that you can then walk away with and think, all right, this is what I've got to do, this is how I'm going to do it, and this is what we're going to do, what we'll do from it. So... I guess that's something I'm working hard on, and I, I think at the moment I'm starting to to improve my skill at giving that plan. But yeah, I think that's probably number one Good. Um, that I really I prioritise. I guess beautiful. Good. I think that's we've covered a lot about Cam. Um, Shlom, next time I think we're gonna have Anna on the podcast. No, well, we were. Oh. But now Plans we're going to have, yes, because we've got new staff, we're going to have Elise. Oh, um, we'll, get a, we'll get a lot out of Elise. She yes, loves, she loves the chat. <laughs> we certainly will, and she's got a good accent too, so that'll be an accent. interesting one. Interesting one. Perfect. All right, well, thank you, Cam, for having a chat with us. Thank you. And thanks for having me. It's been fun. All right, well, we'll see you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.